It's the Pretty Good Podcast by CrabbyCurious.com, and we're here not to talk about a superhero movie today, but about sports, everyone's favorite, I'm sure, out there. We're going to talk about the Premier League. You may be saying, wait a minute, you guys already did a great preview for the second year in a row. Sure, it was a little lengthy, but it was amazing. But we're here to talk about the midway point, so obviously this one won't be a battle of attrition listening to. Um, But today I am joined by Ben. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, just incredibly grateful to, you know, with, with all the uncertainty in the world to be right back here talking to you about soccer that thankfully to date has uh, not been canceled yet. So, Well, you know, that's a great segue. I actually had it on the run sheet. You might have done that on purpose because we're professionals. <laughs> so you talked about the uncertainty in the world um, other than whatever's going on in America right now, unfortunately, be safe out there. But the other elephant in the room, COVID. So it's obviously affected uh, England, where the Premier League's played, and Wales. You know, there's no Welsh teams in the league currently right now. But um, how do you think the league has handled that, and how have you liked with um, some cancellations? I know you've been affected as a City fan, um, and I've been affected not by Arsenal per se, even though Mikel Arteta was the first person in the league to have it last right. year. <laughs> um, but with, like, things being shifted around for the FA Cup, for the league, Right now, we're at an uneven point where some teams have played as many as 18 games. Then there's teams like Aston Villa that have only played 15. So how do you Mm -hmm. think they've handled it? And do you think they'll finish? I, You know, I have mixed feelings (coughs) on about how they have handled it. Because if if the idea of handling it is to not get players infected, I think they've done a terrible job. Because obviously, uh, there have been outbreaks with several teams Um, and it's not, you know, I think sometimes we take for granted, you know, we say, oh, these, these guys are, you know, fit as a fiddle and, and there's no way that, um, COVID's gonna, you know, have any lingering effects, but Newcastle, they've, they've had players that have been out for weeks that have, you know, had, had long COVID symptoms. I know Gundogan, um, for city has spoken publicly about how, uh, he has been affected. So, um, from the standpoint of not transmitting the D the COVID to their players, the virus, um, I would say it's not been handled uh, incredibly great. But at the same time, like I'm so grateful to have soccer to watch uh, to where I don't want it to get shut down. I do think they will finish. Um, They might have to push the season end uh, end date back just because I don't see. So Aston Villa, I mean, they aren't competing in Europe uh, and I don't uh, they might still be in the FA Cup. No, they got knocked out by Liverpool, but I, I don't. I don't see their fixture pile up being as bad as, like, someone say, uh, Man City's. You know, they're uh, they've got Champions League games coming up. They've got the Carabao Cup final, and are still in the FA Cup. And and I think right now they only have uh, one game in hand. But um, as the season draws to a close and games continue to get postponed. It, they are going to stack up at some point. I think the Premier League will have to reckon with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would say, um, yeah, they're going to finish extending. It may be an option. The only thing that makes me skeptical about that is the Euros uh, were supposed to be Mm -hmm. last summer. Right. And the way, for whatever reason, the Euros are set up, there's going to be several uh, countries hosting England, Italy, France, it's almost like each um, top tier country 
it's going to host their segment of the Euros. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know the exact date on that, but I feel like they might not extend it that long, or we might look at a situation where people are playing into the summer, but they won't have all of their uh, top European players if their country is qualified for the right. tournament. Uh, also, it's an Olympic year too, so they can't go right. too far into the summer because um, you're going to lose your young players. Of course, the Olympics have the weird rules for uh, men's uh, mm-hmm. the men's tournament um, with players over is it 23. I believe, yeah, it's essentially like a U23, and then you can have three players older than that, yeah. Yeah, Um, so we'll we'll see about that. But I'm with you, they'll finish, but there's going to be some schedule congestion, like Jurgen Klopp says, Mm -hmm. um, where some teams are going to play two games in three days, like the holiday period, and it's going to come at a crucial time. Just hope your team isn't in some relegation or European battle. Uh, When that happens, I guess is all I can say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed. I mean, the, the NFL finished, so I, I can't imagine that the Premier League would, um, you know, be done up by them. But uh, it, it'll get done one way or another if, if teams have to play their academy kids on the last day or do a doubleheader like I joked on Twitter. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they get it done, and I'm incredibly grateful to have the Premier League to escape to. Yeah, thank you for the distraction, Premier League. Uh, now to jump into the fun stuff. So we're not quite at the midway point for us to be 19 games played, if my maths are correct. Um, mm-hmm. But we're about there. Um, now's a good time with, you know, a lot of FA Cup weekends coming to look at the league. So looking at the table, I'm just going to run over some of the things that stand out. First thing, Manchester United is their number one. They're at first place. We have Liverpool and City behind them with uh, Leicester, Everton, and Tottenham rounding out the European spots. Uh, the relegation battle, uh, to jump on the other end, uh, newly promoted Fulham and West Brom are 18th and 19th. And last year's surprise promoted team that overachieved Sheffield United, uh, they look like a lock-on to get relegated. Um, Brighton, um, they're right there above the relegation line with Burnley fighting. And everywhere in the middle from about Southampton all the way down to Newcastle. Um, they're like eight points between them. Um, anything mm-hmm. can really happen if someone gets on the run of games. Now, right. someone like Villa is probably feeling good because they have games in hand. So first, I guess, mm-hmm. um, what would be your biggest shocks uh, looking at the table if we froze it right here in time compared to what we said on our previous pod? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You, Where do you want to start? It's I. I think my take is that the big picture when I look at the table right now, it's that it's wacky. It's chaotic. It is not going to be at all like the past two years where so Liverpool scored, uh, earned 99 points and won the league in a runaway last year. And then the year before that city edged out Liverpool on 98 points, Liverpool had 97. And then the year before that was a hundred points. This season's champion, I think 75 points is is the target for the winner here. Um, and it's like you said, it's so congested. You said eight points between uh, Southampton and Newcastle. That's nine places. Like people are picking up wins and draws and, and, and nobody is, is really running away with it. And I guess if, if you want to talk about what's, what's shocking to me, it's United uh, leading the table, um, you know, for the first time, I think after Christmas since 2013, and that's, crazy um I, I don't know if you have a lot of united fans in your life um but I, on twitter they're coming out of the woodwork and already talking about mm-hmm. you know putting up the ogs statue uh outside old trafford but uh i mean it's just wild 
And then at, at the other end of the table, something that stands out to me is Sheffield sitting on five points. They got their first <laughs> win of the season. They've got one win in 18 games and that's just awful. Like they, they were competing for Europe late last year. And it, like you said, I mean, they haven't fired Chris Wilder yet, but it, it does seem like they are pretty much a lock to get relegated, which is kind of sad. And, and I think a little bit harsh on them if you've watched their games. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those are my big, big picture takeaways. Uh, but what, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Sheffield uh, United, um, thinking last year, there was that thing in Project Restart where the VAR was inoperable that turned mm-hmm. away one of their goals, right. which would have might, would might have gotten them into Europe. I think mm-hmm. they could have finished six, which, uh, I mean, Arsenal winning the FA Cup would have screwed them anyway, six mm-hmm. or seven. Um, and now, like, it's not that their defense has suddenly got worse. I mean, their defense isn't great. It's They, they can't score. They brought Rian Brewster from Liverpool, who never scored a Premier League goal, and they paid 20, 30-some million for him. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't really kicked on. They've got um, nine goals, nine mm-hmm. goals in 18 games. Yeah. Um, McGoldrick, uh, who's another striker, they don't they don't really do it anyway. McBurney. But last year, yeah, they just knew how to grind out wins. And mm. I, I've heard something on another podcast that the, the teams that get promoted that are organized defensively in the lower league usually are better the first year. Mm. Um, instead of the teams that go all out scoring, like Norwich last year coming into the league were an offensive, like I'll say juggernaut, but that's what they're known for. And you can't play like right. that. You'll get burned. Leeds, it's worked out pretty well, but there's games where Leeds United plays and they get beat four or five nil. Then yep. the next game, they'll score four or five. It's just a uh, feast or famine. Yep. Yeah. But they are someone fun to watch. Um, so I guess at the top of the table, I said before on a previous pod, my hot take was, Manchester United has a roster good enough to win the league, yep. but their coach isn't going to get it done. Um, not looking good right now, but I still think if you've watched them, even this season, OGS, to say, pride in Norway. Um, he's gone through spells where they like got knocked out of the Champions League. It looked terrible. Um, right. Arsenal, when they were in their terrible run, they still managed to beat Man U at Old Trafford 1-0. And mm. then, you know, he goes through these peaks and valleys um, so I, I don't know if they'll be able to sustain that. They just bought another winger from at Atlanta, Diallo. Mm. Um, but I want to talk about the team right behind them, Liverpool, um, mm. which if you woke up, if you were in a coma at the end of last year and you woke up and saw they were second, you'd be like, oh, what, what changed? They've had an injury crisis, to be fair. They lost the best defender in the world, Van Dyke. They've missed Allison for some games. Um, Salah had uh, COVID, COVID departure. Um, Diego Jota, who they just signed from Wolves, like a super sub. He uh, played him too much. He got hurt. Uh, the new signing, Thiago, um, after Richarlison took him out in one of the early games, is just now coming back. So do you think the entries have just caught up with them? Or are they tired? Or do you think this is the year that they come back down to earth? Well, I don't... Obviously, Klopp is a great coach, and they have, they're have they a well-oiled machine. Obviously, they were uh, the best team in Europe a couple years ago and arguably still uh, are of that caliber. But, yeah, like you said, the injuries um, have absolutely devastated them. They've been starting academy kids at center back. Like, even – I saw somewhere on Twitter where somebody, a Liverpool fan, was like, I would – bite your arm off for uh Lovren right now um which <laughs> is laughable you know uh, just a few months ago yeah. um but i think it also is you know in our preview podcast we were talking about how um it's tough to maintain that 
status of excellence that Liverpool um, and City to some extent have had pushed one another to. And I think this year with, with COVID, there being no fans and the injuries, it's just like a perfect storm of like absolutely unknown um, results. You know, like they lost 7-2 to Aston Villa. Um, like they shipped seven goals. And this was before uh, Van Dyke got injured. Um, and I think that kind of set the tone for, you know, how the season is going to go just across the entire Premier League. Like, like things you can't even put your finger on. Like if you had told somebody before that game kicked off that Aston Villa was going to win against Liverpool 7-2, I mean, you probably would have been admitted into a mental hospital. And now you see results like that pretty much every week. Um, Maybe not with as many goals, but just like severe upsets, um, bizarre things going on. It's just a lot of weirdness in the air. Uh, And I think Liverpool is, you know, here we are slagging them. They're only three points back and they could still, you know, win the title uh, comfortably, uh, especially if they get injuries. Right. But, you know, it's, it, it has been, I would say disappointing for them. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get one more shot in on Robert here. Uh, but <laughs> uh, the, the week before Christmas, he texted me, you know, re- really good opportunity to pull away in the table here. And since then they uh, tied West Brom at home, uh, scoreless draw against Newcastle and then lost to Southampton one nil. So got two points out of nine uh, since the Robert, <laughs> Robert jinx. Yeah. Speaking of jinxes, uh, since we're taking shots at our rivals Spurs, they were in it. They were, they bought it with a first or second place. It was uh, just a few weeks ago. They played Liverpool um, yeah. one verse two. They did lose. And then ever since then, they've kind of been in a, I wouldn't say a tailspin. They haven't exactly lost a lot of games, so they've drawn a lot. Uh, something people did point out earlier in the season uh, was that, you know, Son and Kane mm-hmm. is for the metric people out there. They always, or at least this season, they had um, succeeded well above their XG, their expected goals. Um, they're really good finishers, obviously. You can think about Son's goal against Arsenal from outside the box. is incredible, but those aren't the kind of chances that go in every game. And it seems like they're coming back to earth. Also, it can be conducive of how Jose Mourinho plays. He's happy to get one mm-hmm. goal and sit back. And it's hard to face that kind of pressure for, you know, 80 minutes. They're really good at scoring early. So I guess we'll skip City here for a second. Of the teams not in the top three, like your your Everton, Mm -hmm. your Spurs, your Leicester, how big of a threat do you think they are to win the title? Or do you think they'll just be battling for that last Champions League slash Europa spot? You know, like I said, anything can happen. And I, especially this year, I wouldn't even be surprised if Aston Villa was giving um, chase to the title holders um, this year. Just, I I think of the teams that you mentioned uh, between Leicester, Everton and Tottenham, (laughs) I feel like Tottenham is probably best equipped um, and, and they aren't exactly in form right now, but they're really, I mean, they're only three points back at Liverpool. Um, I just feel like Kane and Son, when when they're on, they're really on. But like you said, you know, w- when they want to play that that sitting back style, it, it's almost like maybe you should get a little more forward and get that second goal, and then start to pull back. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough to call. It it really is. I obviously Leicester have won recently. I can't even visualize Everton winning, but they're right there in it. Um, I don't know. I, of all those, of all the teams that are not in the top three, I think I like Southampton the best, uh, just because I like their coach so much. Um, 
and obviously they can beat Liverpool. So I don't know. It, it, it really is just too, too tough to call. Yeah, shout out to Hassan Hoodle crying when he beat Liverpool. I mean, that was a little much, but <laughs> it, it means more, dude. It just means so much this, more. Is this the SEC? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, since we're talking about them, I didn't. Um, Southampton and Aston Villa, right there in the thick of things, um, rubbing shoulders with the traditional big six uh, above a few of them. You said you like Southampton a little bit more. Um, Ings obviously has been really well, um, really good, really good signing. Um, yeah. Shea Adams is actually scoring goals now. It took him yep. scoring a world against City last year to get going. Um, so between those two, who would you take if? Who, who's going to finish ahead? Do you still want to keep with Southampton? Southampton Villa. and Villa. That's a, that's a good one. I like Southampton's defense a lot. Uh, they're two center backs, uh, Bednarek and Vestergaard. <laughs> they're, I don't know, they're just absolute rocks. And they've played two more games than Aston Villa uh, and given up three more goals. So, um, I don't know. I, both of them have pretty good defenses. But I, I think I like Southampton's defense. And then McCarthy has been absolutely huge for them in goal. Um, we'll get to our horrible takes, but I was, um, so, so wrong on Aston Villa. I, I went on record in our preview, uh, stating that quote, Aston Villa have one of the worst starting 11s in the league, uh, and (laughs) followed up with a quote saying no way that they stay up. Um, so I was obviously incredibly, incredibly wrong. If they win their two games in hand, uh, they are tied with Man City on points. So. There you go. Yeah, I think uh, 30 points up around there is usually where you're probably safe, 30, 35, and they're mm-hmm. pretty close. Um, yep. I didn't think they'd do too well either. Um, someone I used to hate, but now I love for pictures you can look up on Twitter, Jack Grealish, uh, defender of all things just with his low socks and his giant calves. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's, I mean, we knew he was good, but it's right. I mean, he's been awesome. And Ollie Watkins, who they uh, signed from uh, the first division, he's been a revelation. I don't know how much they expected out of him, but he's been really good right down up front. Well, and um, your boy, um, Emmy Martinez in goal, he's been yeah, really the, good. And then um, the IX transfer, I think uh, Bertrand Traore, mm-hmm. uh, actually mm-hmm. the best Traore in the league uh, since Adama has uh, sort of underperformed this year. But he, he's been a stud for them. And Douglas Louise, too, uh, former Man City legend. Um, a lot of those. He, uh, <laughs> he is uh, lighting it up for them. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's so – everybody seems good. Like, I I don't know. I, I don't even really want to disparage any of the 20 teams on here. But, well, I mean, I, I guess I have to. Speaking of a team that's not good, that's not my own team, and you spoke about Southampton and Aston Villa definitely overachieving. Let's talk about a team that had huge, huge expectations, Chelsea. Um, They spent, what, over $200 million this summer. They brought in uh, Kai Havertz, great playmaker from the Bundesliga, Uh, Timo Werner, um, great goal scorer from the Bundesliga, Uh, Hakim Ziyech um, from Ajax. Um, seems like one of their last like superstars that hadn't been rated the last couple of years. Um, they got rid of Kepa. They got Kepa. Well, they didn't get rid of Kepa. They got the Kepa replacement, Mindy, the goalie from France, mm-hmm. and they are struggling. Yep. Um, what do you think about Chelsea? Is it funny? Do you think it's Lampard's fault, or do or do we are we too harsh on these superstars that come from different leagues um, that they need time to adjust? 
Honestly, I think it takes a season. I mean, obviously it's funny now, but it, it won't be funny when it clicks and they mm-hmm. start scoring five goals on fools. Um, they have obviously hit a really rough patch, lost to City and Arsenal 3-1, tied Aston Villa and have lost to Wolves. The, and, and their only win in their last five games is a 3-0 at West Ham. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it kind of goes to show that you can't just just buy the league. Obviously, you need to buy players. Um, you need to spend money and, and get world-class transfers to win a title, but you can't just dump a bunch of money and then hope that everything falls into place. You have to have a manager uh, that, that, that can manage them uh, and get the best results out of those players. But I do think it takes time. I mean, most of cities, um, and, and I speak so much about them because I watch <laughs> their games, but um, all of City's great transfers, it seems like their first season, they're terrible. You know, the fans write them off on Twitter. And then the second season, something just kind of tends to click. Uh, Bernardo in his second season at City was uh, his best, uh, just for example. But um, yeah, I, I think it'll take time. You know, I, I was pretty high on them. Obviously, you know, uh, w- when you look at those transfers, you say, wow, these, these players are all great individually where they're coming from. And then once you get them together and, and, and not everything lines up right away, I've, I feel like we, we kind of tend to be a little prisoner of the moment and say, you know, oh, well, they're a huge bust or a huge flop when, I mean, we're 17 games into the first season with all those players. Um, so it's going to take some time. But um, yeah, I, I think it, it will be scary when all those players for Chelsea, because it, it, it reads like a, a World Cup starting 11 um, if, if they've got all those all those good players in on their day. So, yeah, uh, I think I forgot to mention, you know, last year, the defense was blatantly the problem. They brought in Chilwell mm-hmm. from Leicester, who's been productive. Reese James, he's still young, which we forget. Well, not us, but pundits. And then yep. uh Thiago from uh, PSG, even though he's 75 years old. And I remember early in the early in the season, he had a nightmare giveaway against West Brom. I think that game ended up 3-3. Uh, yep. But yeah, it, also, you know, it gets mentioned in other sports. I know, like, you look at football, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they brought in all Tom Brady and all those people. They didn't have a preseason, really. Right. Um, so it might not even just be the skills. The players still might not even know each other. I think that's something that, you don't take into account like friendliness or inclusiveness outside the pit. Like, you're not supposed the to chemistry. be chemistry. Yeah. Right. Not supposed yeah. to be hanging out. Uh, so we mentioned uh, man city. Well, of course. So what do you think their prospects look like? It looks like the, they have the best defense in the league. Definitely. Um, yep. The scoring hasn't been as uh, abundant as usual, but I mean, you don't need to score a thousand goals if you can win one nil and have a, you have a great goalkeeper and, uh, cohesive defense, even with someone like Shevchenko playing sometimes uh, out mm. of positions. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Um, and you said the best defense in England. I, I think there's an argument that you could make that they have the best defense in Europe. Um, they've given up 13 goals in the league in 16 games. Uh, that's eight less than Liverpool, Leicester, and Everton, 11 less than league leading United. Um, four of those 13 goals in the league were penalties, three of which were in one game. Shout out Lester. Uh, <laughs> one was a fluky own goal off of Ruben Diaz. And then another was a goal in uh, the 92nd minute against uh, Chelsea. Eight clean sheets. 
and have given up one goal in six games in the Champions League. Um, I, I really think that John Stones has been drinking uh, some of Mike's secret stuff from Space Jam, you know, when he, uh, Bugs Bunny uh, gives him that bottle. Um, he's looking like, uh, I mean, he has just filled in for Vincent Company completely and keeping Imrik Laporte out of the team. Uh, coupled with the the DS signing, who has been an absolute rock, uh, it almost doesn't even matter, like you said, who plays at left back because, I mean, it's essentially like a revolving door with Ake, Zinchenko, Mendy, uh, and Cancelo can even play at left back. And speaking of Cancelo, he's actually keeping Walker out of the team. It's just like incredibly bizarre because the past few seasons, I mean, City's defense has always been good and organized, uh, if not altogether prone to counterattacks, but obviously what they're known for is scoring goals in bunches. Uh, and while it is disappointing that they have not scored a ton of goals, it's kind of crazy to see how good and how much faith I have in uh, their defense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. And it, it seems like this might be, you know, one of those years where city just kind of have to accept that their clinical finishing is not there. Um, especially if Raheem Sterling is going to be skying uh, penalties week in and week out. But um, I, I, yeah, it, 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 it might just be one of those years where they have to grind out one nils uh, at home to Brighton like they did uh, this week. So we'll see. They, they still could win the title, but uh, obviously I'm um, kind of doubtful, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully um, for, <clears throat> The fans, it's one of those things where it comes down to the last day of the season. I don't think it'll be as dramatic as the time City Edge United, but something similar to that where it's going to come mm-hmm. down to the last fixtures if they don't get you know, rearranged around or rescheduled, where the last mm-hmm. day it's going to have so much um, on the line. Last year it had a lot of stuff for Europe on the line, you know, Leicester and Man U especially, and yeah. relegation battles too, but I think it'll be like that for several teams this year, and um, that's going to be fun to watch unless your team's the one sweating. Um, yep. Now, <laughs> speaking of, we, we touched on a little bit, little bit of them. What are your impressions of the newly promoted teams, uh, Fulham, West Brom, and Leeds? So I would say of those three, obviously Leeds are the most interesting uh, to watch for a neutral. Um, like you said, they either seem to win big or lose big, but either way it's uh, entertaining. They, play a style where it's just like all out attack all the time. Like they do not sit back in possession, which I think is incredibly refreshing uh, of our promoted team, you know, cause you think uh, the, the lower budgets um, teams have the, the less talent that they have and, and the less willing they are to go forward. That is not the case. Bamford's really good. Uh, the American Harrison, and uh, Mateusz Klich, the Polish uh, midfielder who kind of pulls all the strings. I don't know. They're just fun. Uh, I love watching Leeds. Um, you know, it, 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 they can upset one of the really big teams. Uh, they lost to Liverpool 4-3 on the opening day. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're just fun to watch. Uh, if you want me to go to West Brom or do you want to? Say something about Leeds. Oh, yeah, Leeds, uh, their coach, you know, Bielsa, who yeah. Pep Guardiola looks up to himself. He always says his philosophy, you have to have a system and play it no matter what happens. If your players are out, players are in, you can stick to your philosophy. And, you know, that gets them burned. 
I think the reason, part of the reason they held on to win the championship last year was because of the break, because of the project restart. Their players mm-hmm. could refuel. I can't imagine playing that way all the time and not having some kind of burnout um, with a smaller roster. Uh, Bamford has been good, but I also think he misses so many chances. Um, mm. He's like a high-volume player. If you ever watch him play, he will miss some absolute sitters. But he's so good at getting in the right position that, you know, for every header he hits right at the goalie from a foot away, he'll bury something like dragging across the box. Right. Um, interesting one. Now, yeah, West Brom and Fulham, um, they're kind of in the same boat in a relegation battle right now. Mm. The opening day, Arsenal played Fulham the very first game. So, yes, Arsenal was on top of the league for an hour or two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they looked atro- they looked atrocious. They looked terrible. Um, right. Willie, Willie Ann, who's the biggest bust in the Premier League this year, in my biased opinion, he looked like a world beater again against them. Um, it seems mm. like uh, Scotty Parker's got it together. He's not just freshly dressed, but, um, you know, he's inspired the team. They've stuck with him for a second. It looked like he was going to get sacked. Um, they just got a result the other day. Um, who did they draw against? Uh, Tottenham. They drew... <laughs> they drew Liverpool and Southampton. They've drawn their last five league games. So, Which for a team at the bottom, that's valuable. Uh, right. now West Brom, um, they have sacked their manager, Billick, Southern Billick, um, mm. for Big Sam, the most conservative coach of all time, which is interesting because they fired their manager after they got a great result. They drew City. Right. And then since 1-1. One, one. And then they, they drew Liverpool, but other than that, they've gotten battered. Arsenal beat them 4-0 in the snow the other week. Um, yep. They've also lost another couple games at home, 3-4-0. and four nil. Um, So I think Leeds is going to be somewhere in the middle. West Brom right. and Fulham, do you like them both to go down, and who else do you like to get relegated? You know, it's it kind of is sad, like, because – so, yeah, like you said, West Brom tied City 1-1 at home, <laughs> also tied Liverpool 1-1. Um, at Anfield, but they've got one win in 17. I feel like West Brom and Sheffield are pretty much guaranteed to go down, but I really kind of like what I see out of Fulham. If they can turn, like I said, they've drew their last five games in league. If they can turn a couple of those into wins, I don't know. Brighton or Burnley might be, um, you know, asking questions of themselves that Fulham's only two points back behind Brighton, who I feel like has been, just one of the unluckiest teams of uh, the season thus far. And Burnley have four wins. I don't know that it's, I, I just have no idea what's going to happen. And obviously, you know, nobody does, but it's just, it, I would kind of be sad to see Fulham go down again. Uh, I know we're only at the halfway point. Maybe they might deserve it. They might have a horrible losing run, but the way that they've been playing recently, uh, it would just kind of be disheartening to see them go down. Yeah, on a personal level, I'd like to see Brighton go down because I still haven't forgiven <laughs> Bill Mope for for what he did to Burn Leno. Um, but you know, right now Fulham has two games in hand. They're two points behind Brighton. Um, they're also uh, four points behind Burnley, but they played mm-hmm. an even amount of matchups. Um, even Newcastle, there's a little chance they could you know be caught. Um, I know a lot of their fans are really unhappy with the way Steve Bruce plays. Um, mm-hmm. Sitting back, they do have some talent. They have Saint Maximine, who's not always the best finisher, but boy, is he exciting to watch. Um, and then, but I don't know. I, I, w- I would say Brighton, but that's just me kind of being biased. But based on recent form, Fulham does seem to be getting it better, even if they have to draw their way to the top. <laughs> yeah. They're, I mean, if they can make it this year and then, you know, staying in the Premier League offers a lot of money, 
their owners, Shad Khan, like I said in the preview podcast, he owns the Jags. He also mm-hmm. owns uh, AEW All Elite Wrestling. Watch it every Wednesday night. <laughs> so that they have money they can spend. Maybe they'll make a shock move and bring somebody in um, yeah. before January is over. They haven't really been any big moves other than uh, United bringing in yet another winger with their 50 forwards they already have. Right. Um, <laughs> do you want to see any other? Do you think there'll be any other big transfers? You know, January is always tricky as it is. You know, and we spent a little bit of time on this in the the preview pod. Um, you know, as soon as the the window opened, there were Man City Twitter was tweeting the the club account asking them to announce Messi, and I don't know if that is even going to happen. And obviously, Erling Holland's name has been all over the place. Um, I I don't know. I I, I can't remember or maybe you can remember uh, the last time that a January transfer uh, was Bruno Fernandez, a January transfer. I think yeah. I was about to say, yeah, I could, I okay. Could well, there one. you go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough to say because I feel like, you know, you can only have like one big transfer a season where it absolutely cataclysmically shifts uh, the direction that a club is going. You know, you could say Van Dyke for Liverpool or Fernandez for United. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, I doubt, I doubt we get anything just because it's been, I mean, we're halfway through January and nothing's been announced, but I, I, what, what do you think? What are you hearing? Are you hearing anything interesting? Um, I mean, most of my clubs are outgoing, you know, still trying to get rid of this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess that would be the, the highlight of January is oh, man. Sh- DC shots, United sh- for shots on me. If the bar $175,000. <laughs> Oh, shout out to the NWSL draft last night. Um, But as far as, yeah, January transfers, the market's also tough. You know, a lot of teams depend on that revenue, not just some TV money, but from fans in the stands, knowing they're going to sell out and then selling whatever um, beers and alcohol they can sell at halftime. Still so weird looking at that as an American, people rushing to the, to the, out of the stands to chug beer at halftime because they can't have it in stands. Um, so that hurts. So I don't know if in this market there'll be really anything big. I could see maybe some loan moves where mm. teams don't have to pay, you know, the big transfer fee and can split the uh, salary per week. Um, but I haven't really heard anything other than the United one. Um, so I, I don't know. But I expect there'll be some loan moves that might go under the radar that mm. while they won't be world changing, like you know, like I said, Fernandez last year, they might help that team that's struggling to get out of relegation, stay up, or might push someone who's in seventh or eighth into a Europa League spot, mm. uh, something like that. Uh, now, so we've talked about teams. Let's talk about some individuals. Is there any surprises uh, that you want to touch on? I know Harry Kane and his deeper role with all his assists. <laughs> I think you were even worried he might – well, I was not so worried. I was playing it off that he could approach on his <laughs> 20 record. He does have it's... 11 goals and 11 assists right now. Right, he's going to score. He he has cooled off. I feel like he got those eleven assists pretty quick. Like it might have been three or four games since he's had an assist. It looked like he was going to cruise uh, to twenty and twenty, and now uh, De Bruyne is slowly catching up. I think he's got eight or nine um, catching up to Harry. So uh, hopefully, my De Bruyne assist pick uh, will come in. Um, uh, surprises. I've got to say. Um, Paul Pogba has been a surprise uh, these past few games for United. I feel like he, uh, and, and I mean, maybe that can segue back to the the transfer talk. I know um, 
before United got on this like winning run, uh, there was talk of, I think his agent put out a statement saying he was pretty much done at United. And then he started getting starts and started playing really well, got the winner uh, the other day. I can't remember who they played. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, against Burnley, 1-0. Um, yeah, so I, I would say Paul Pogba has been uh, a pleasant surprise, and he is on my fantasy team, so I have a biased eye towards him. Um, other individuals, I, I love to Speaking Tariq. of your fantasy team, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, what do you think about him? Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. We can talk machine. about DCL. Um, yeah, he's crazy. He um, it, There was a certain point earlier in the season when um, it would be surprising to look at the Everton uh, score and find out that Calvert-Lewin had not scored just because it had become expected. Uh, I think he's got a slight injury now. I don't. He didn't play uh, in their game the other day. Uh, but yeah, he has been an incredibly pleasant surprise. Um, I'm sure he will have a tough time getting in the England team over Prince Harry. Um, but it, yeah, he, he's been lights out for Everton. Uh, and Everton as a, as a whole have been playing really well uh, this year, despite um, their disparaging comments towards uh, Manchester City uh, for <laughs> being um, unable to uh, control their COVID outbreak, I guess, in their eyes. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't hold any grudges or anything, especially not towards uh, Calvert Lewin, considering how good he's been for me in fantasy. Yeah, other surprises I would say. You know, we always focus on offense. Um, a good defensive defensive midfielder, Hoiberg, um, on Tottenham. Mm. You know, yep. uh, I never thought much of him when he was on Southampton, but right. you know, Jose Mourinho is called the special one for some reason. He seemed to found a great role for him there in the middle um, right. after a sort of slow start. Another one um, would be the Wonder Kid at Crystal Palace, Eze, who they got mm. from Queen Park Rangers. I just really like watching him play. Um, you know, he's, he's exciting. Like Zaha is without all the antics and complaining every two seconds. Uh, Yeah. So they they found a good one and they'll probably sell them in like three years to a bigger club. (laughs) Um, If I could just jump in just to give some, some more love. I know since we're talking about not sexy uh, surprises, I I just give some Ruben Diaz some more love. You know, he was, uh, the third choice, I think, so there was Koulibaly, which I mentioned on on the preview pod, because at the time of recording, it seemed like uh, the Napoli uh, center back, he was going to be the, the next center back to uh, fill company's role. And then uh, that fell through. So I think it went to Jules Koundé uh, for Valencia, and that fell through. And so it was almost like, you know, I asked these two girls to the prom they said no so you're my backup and that's how i was feeling about ruben diaz but i was i've been pleasantly surprised uh city have only lost one game with him on the pitch uh and that was to tottenham two nil um neither of those goals were especially his fault but he's just been an absolute surprise uh to me personally maybe not to scouts or other students of the game but uh shout out ruben diaz yeah, speaking of defense, I want to give one of the few shining lights for Arsenal uh, a shout out. Cool. It's uh, Gabriel, our defender. Of course, cool. you know, the big signing this summer was Thomas Partey. Um, he's had some injury problems. Uh, he pulled up lame against Tottenham and Arteta pushed him back on the pitch. That was a disaster. You know, I can commiserate with losing 2 0 to Tottenham. Um, but yeah, Gabriel, he's been, until recently, he's been out with uh, COVID. Um, 
which seems to affect Brazilians at a higher rate. I don't know if everyone went to Neymar's alleged party or something. Um, but yeah, he's, he's been great for us. Um, and I would say um, also being biased here, Kieran Tierney, uh, he was hurt a lot last year. Um, he was, he's only 23. He was Celtics captain when he left, you know, the biggest club in Scotland, one of the biggest clubs in the world, just because of their support. And he came here and had some problems adjusting, but now he seems to have gotten, gotten it going. And if, you know, Aubameyang wasn't already captain or whenever he leaves, I would definitely pencil in Kieran Tierney to be our captain. But other than that, the offensive players I mentioned earlier, Ollie Watkins on Villa, um, I think he's been great. And although they're in a bad form right now, when Mindy came into Chelsea squad as the goalie, mm. he had several clean sheets in a row. And I don't think you could blame any of the goals they're letting in now, particularly on him. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, some of the ones Kepa's let in over the last couple of years. Right. It's always laugh when I think about how much they paid for him. Yeah. Pretty big flop uh, considering he doesn't even play anymore. So Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to spit out some random questions to you. Oh, God, uh, okay. Uh, who do you think will be the next manager to be sacked? Or in a hot take, do you think a manager won't be sacked for the rest of the year? It's so funny that you say that because, I mean, Chris Wilder has won one game in 18 and lost 15. So I feel like the money has to be on him. West Brom have already let their coach go. I don't think Fulham's going to get rid of Scott Parker, um, especially being a former player. It's got to be Chris Wilder. Um, I, I don't, and I definitely don't see the season ending um, with no, no other coach being fired, even in the economic climate. I just feel like, I mean, if you want to make a Lampard shout, um, I don't know. I feel like Chelsea would have to lose uh, three more games in a row uh, for me to take that seriously. But I, I, honestly, after City lost to Tottenham, we were hearing Pep out rumors. So, well, not rumors, rumblings, I guess, from Twitter saying that he needed to go and they're sitting third with a game in hand. So go figure. I mean, it's it's so week to week. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I'll say Chris Wilder on the record. For yeah, sure. I've definitely never said Arteta out. I've always stuck with them through a terrible losing streak. But that's just how you t- you tweeted that out before their first game this year. <laughs> huh? Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> so who do you think will end up winning the golden boot right now? Mo Salah, surprise, surprise is first with 13 goals. We have son with 12, uh, Bruno Penandez, those penalties, uh, is a uh, third with 11 tied with, uh, Calvert-Lewin, Harry Kane, and everyone's favorite, Jamie Vardy. Um, do you think it'll be Mo again or will one of the people right behind him catch up? I think it'll be Philip Walter Foden for Manchester City. I think he's going to make a surprise run. Uh, You know, I think he's going to have a couple hat tricks in there. No, I mean, I don't know. I I guess it could be solid. It's funny that you mentioned the golden boot because in the bad takes segment of my notes, I had uh, Anthony Martial for United to, to win. I think somebody... You might have said Aubameyang. Maybe Robert said Aubameyang. Uh, uh, I did, and he's not close. He's kind of fallen <laughs> off a little bit. So I don't yeah, know. I'm to yeah, I feel like Salah is the easy choice just because he's in the lead now, and Liverpool mm-hmm. score a lot, and he takes their penalties and gets and creates a lot of chances. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I could, I'll go Vardy for my serious take, uh, Foden for my joke take, that if it comes true, I'll pretend I was serious. Yeah, makes sense. If we were to stop the season, like, uh, you know, England's locked down their country, mm-hmm. if we were to lock down the Premier League right now, who would be your player of the year? Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I mean, if you just look at the – they're top United's top of the table. I think he's by far their most important player. Um, he almost does. He's, he's like what Grealish is for Aston Villa, um, but surrounded with way more talent. Um, yeah. He's disappointingly to me, he has been absolutely incredible uh, to them and, and he would have to be player of the year if, if the season ended today, I think. Yeah. I think that's pretty fair. Um, just because it is in England, I feel like the writers would say Harry Kane. I mean, the stats are there, and that's um, true. I'm not going to go into any more to- reasons Tottenham's- why they would pick him, but I think we know why they would. Yeah, he's Prince Harry. <laughs> he's got the complexion for protection, but uh, I mean, Tottenham's sixth right now, so I, I don't know. I, I like I like giving it to the best player on the best team. I know I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth since I was all against giving player of the year to Henderson for Liverpool last year, but I don't think he was their best player anyway, but again, white. So. Yeah. Who do you think has been the biggest bust in the premier league this year? Not counting injuries. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it's probably gotta be somebody off Chelsea. Mm Um, I don't know. Werner Werner. Um, I think could be in the conversation. Um, I don't know if Kai Havertz has been given enough time, uh, but I feel like Werner has the opportunities and I, I feel like I've seen him miss just a, a ton of one-on-one chances. Um, and I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I, I do know that they're underwhelming. Um, but I feel like it's gotta be somebody from Chelsea just because, uh, of the money that they have paid people, uh, to come in. Uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Uh, this is very biased. I'm going to say Willian. So, oh, okay. Although he's older, he had a, I think he had one of his more productive seasons stats-wise last year for Chelsea. And there's yeah. not going to be an adjustment period. He moved from South London to North London. Um, <laughs> he's played in the Premier League the last seven years. The weather's uh, way different, though. He's got yeah, to get true. used to it. Um, and so, you know, we had Pepe who plays on our right, and then we brought Willian, who's always played on the right. For some reason, and now neither of them start on the right. It's uh, Bakayo Saka who is great. Um, so oh, that's that's a biased one. But yeah, with the price tag, he was a free transfer, even though he's on big wages. But yeah, the price tag you said it's going to make you think someone at Chelsea. Right. Although I still, like you said, one day they're going to put it together, and we're all going to be thankful they're already behind, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> or when they get a new manager, uh, whatever right. one of those things first. Uh, right. Maybe both will happen at the same time. All right, so, of course, you know, our picks were on the Crappy Curious website, all our table predictions, which I think Rob deleted. Thanks, Rob. Um, But if we were to wipe those out and I were to give you a clean slate, who would you pick as your top six? And, uh, of course, suspense, let's start at six and have you go up. Okay, six. I'm going to go Tottenham at six. Okay, my Spurs. All right, five. Leicester. Okay. About where they finished last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. But most of the Europa League spots, unless some other team from the mid table wins the FA Cup again, like Arsenal. 
Um, so four, which will be Champions League. Liverpool. Ooh. Ooh. Hot take. Me wrong. Number three. I mean, oh, you can explain that. Yeah, that, that no, merits an explanation. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I, Van Dyke's not coming back. I, mm-hmm. Every game Tiago has played for Liverpool, they've dropped points. Mm-hmm. I, and I just hate Liverpool and hope they finish fourth. So that's fair. Uh, number three, Everton. Ooh, the Toffees, the best team in Liverpool, huh? Yep. <laughs> okay, with their random collection of midfielders. Um, okay, so I guess that leaves uh, – it's going to be between uh, Brighton and City for 1-2, right? Unless I forget and then so. Palace <laughs> is going to make a run. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to go City finishing second. I think United win this. Uh, I think United win the league. In the goofiest season imaginable – I mean, Liverpool play United this weekend, so I feel like, honestly, if if United win that game, they'd be six points ahead of Liverpool um, and in the driving seat, as they say. And I feel like Ole, in this wild season, could just bumble his way to a title uh, on, like, 75, 77 points. So... If, if, if they finish first, I'm going to start a petition for an asterisk. I can't... I can't... <laughs> You know, when, when when I was younger, when I lived in England, United were winning every single year. Like Eric Cantonar, uh, OGS when he was younger, the Neville brothers, Beckham, yep. um, all of them. Like, I cannot stand them. I know, like, I have friends that are Liverpool fans, so I have to hear from them, so it kind of sucks. But I'd rather have them win than Manchester United. I, I think can't that's, deal with it. that's really big of you. That shows a lot of growth, um, and I respect <laughs> that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – it would be so they won in 2013 and it's been a while. I feel like Twitter has evolved so much in that seven years that soccer premier league Twitter would be borderline unbearable. Uh, if United, uh, got another, um, title, if they won the league. So what, what, what does your top six look like? Oh man. See, I asked the question without thinking about it. <laughs> oh, okay. So off the top of my head. All right. Uh, number six, Arsenal. I think they figured something out with Emil Smith Rowe in the team. I pray yeah. to God he doesn't get hurt. You know, we're depending a lot on young players to be our playmakers, but mm. you got you to learn someday. You're going to learn today. Number five, I'm going to say Aston Villa. Ooh. Like I said, my Grealish, um, look up the picture. You'll figure out what I'm talking about. <laughs> Someone that believes in Black Lives Matter, Jack Grealish. Um <laughs> Number four, I'm going to say um, the Foxes. They figure Ooh, it out. Okay. Um, number three, I'm going to go Manchester United. Ooh. I think the coaching, they're going to go through another rough run. It's, got, it's always peaks and valleys with OGS. Um, and now, you know, they're not playing in Champions League. I'm pretty sure they'll advance decently in Europa. So those, uh, valley, those valleys are going to happen in the Premier League instead of the Champions League against PSGs. Um, number two, I'm going to say Liverpool. Ooh. Um, I think even though they are hurt, um, Klopp is a really great coach, as much of a complainer as he is. Mm. Um, he's, he's one of the worst sore losers in the world. For sure. Um, Pep's not far behind him. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they're. I'm pretty sure like Pep's not, but there's not a big of a difference. I feel like Pep is 
kind of a dick when he's winning and kind of a dick when he's losing. Klopp mm-hmm. is like bipolar. If they're winning, it's all smiles. Oh, it's so great. And then right. Pep can take an L, bro. He yeah. can take an L like a champ. The other day, Klopp was right when he talked about all the penalties Manchester United gets. But he just brought it up. <laughs> and he's right. But I yeah. mean, I can say that I'm a fan. I'm nobody. You're managing one of the biggest clubs in the world. So, yeah, number one, I have City winning, as I said, before the year. It looked really shaky there for a second. Um, I think their defense will stay firm, um, even if they do some rotation. I think at some point, De Bruyne is going to kick on with the goal scoring. I mean, he has Mm. minus. Um, Just watching the games, just watching him passing, it's like, I told Ben, it's like watching your favorite porn category, like watching him passing. Oh, gosh. pleasurable. This is so good. Um, Let's edit that out. I don't want to think about your favorite uh, point categories. And since you mentioned penalties, I'd like to bring that up uh, just okay. in like a closing note. I mean, okay. what is up with the penalties? Like, don't you think that it's got kind of gotten out of hand? Like, they're, I threw like eight games, there were like 10 more penalties than there had ever been at that point in the season. Yeah. And you mentioned the Leicester City game where Leicester got three in one game. Um, yeah. And, and, and two of them were pretty soft. I mean, one mm-hmm. of them I, I would have given, and obviously I'm biased, but it's just like, I, I feel like, I mean, I, VAR, I think, has, has, has a hand in that, but I, I just feel like I just hate penalties. And maybe because nobody on my team can make a penalty, but I just wanted to get yeah, an unbiased person well, to take. Well, yeah, it's, I think the penalties with the handballs were a real problem earlier in the year to they kind of, alter that rule a little bit like mm. uh, of course you know if you're the team playing and you kick it and hit someone's hand in the box you're gonna yell but I mean players can't get out of the way all the time you know right. so uh, but penalties do seem like they happen I'll bank on one almost every game doesn't seem like my team gets a lot um, right the one I'm thankful we got was against Manchester United of all teams um, but they they I don't know it's like they're quick to Quick to blow the whistle for one, knowing that VAR could overturn it, but it kind of backfires because you need conducive evidence to overturn something. Well, know? I feel like I feel like in the past when there would be like a penalty shout and the ref would not give it because the ref would err on not giving it in the past before VAR, and then people would just forget and it would be fine because you know that type of stuff gets missed and, and it happens. But now the ref is like giving it. And it's like so slight, but VAR confirms it that it is by the book a penalty. Um, and then they give it, it's, I don't know, it's become kind of nauseating, but whatever. You know, Team VAR, you know, there's a Live VAR pool, which I think they've uh, been on the bad end, so I can't say that. I saw that apparently in Spain, it's VAR Salona. So look out for them, the champions. Oh, that's team. funny. In, in my phone, when I type out Liverpool, it autocorrects <laughs> to Livar poop, um, just because I've said that so many times to various people. Yeah. But uh, do you have people. anything else? Any closing notes or? Um, no, I just like hope everyone's safe out there and safe in the Premier League. I think the COVID might play a factor in the end of the league. Um, mm. Some people that haven't caught it yet might catch it at a very inconvenient time for clubs. Sure. which we obviously can't predict. Obviously, when we do our predictions, we're assuming no one's going to face any major injuries or um, isolation timeout. Um, and, I mean, of course, we want for our entertainment, the players to get vac- vaccinated, but they obviously, they're entertainers. They don't need to get it first. Give it to the people mm-hmm. that actually need it. The healthcare sure. workers, the uh, amino um, 
deficiency having people, older people. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But yeah, so here's to a good season. I hope both our teams can get some success. Oh yeah, I guess since this is Premier League, Champions League, um, City are the favorites, but we'll mm. pretend they're not in. Who do you think? Who do you like for Champions League? You know, I would have said Bayern, uh, just because they absolutely ran through. Uh, Champions League last year, and I think they've got the most talent. Um, but they just lost to Kiel in the DFB Pokal, uh, the German yes. Cup. So they have a shot, Byron. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I mean, it, it really is anybody's anybody's contest. I I think you told me they are doing the two legs, right? Yeah, back to the I, home and away I legs. I think that that is advantageous to um, the better team because you know, a one-off game is a one-off game. You know, like anything fluky can happen. Uh, see City's game against Leon last year. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I hate that City are the favorite uh, because I hate being the favorite, um, especially given City's history in Champions League and calamitous exits. I would love for them to win, but I don't know. Bayern or Liverpool could easily win. Um, and City could lose to Gladbach. Uh, in February, so I don't my know. hot take: Dark Horse Atletico Madrid is going to be the year Sibione gets it done. Okay, first in the Liga right now, they got it rolling. Um, Let's go! But, you know their style can beat anybody. Um, as they did, they they beat Liverpool last year. Um, yep, that was crazy. like the Over last two legs. <laughs> that was the last Champions League game before mm-hmm. uh, COVID lockdown. That was crazy. That was a great game. Okay, or Juventus is because Ronaldo, you know, CR7. And but, Weston McKinney. Oh, yeah, America. Yeah, today, Jose Mourinho was giving a shout-out to American players. He's obviously angling to be our coach, and uh, I can't wait to grind out 1-0 victories over Costa Rica in four years. So. <laughs> That's a good note to end it, but uh, thank you guys for listening, and let us know your predictions. And uh, – why you're mad we didn't talk enough about Crystal Palace or West Ham. Love you guys. Peace.